Hey guys, this is Dwayne. So upon recording this, I had to uh, I had to leave, head back to California. But um, I was informed that the movie premiere was was excellent. Um, it went great, and the film won best mystery suspense thriller in the alternative film festival. So bravo, guys, well done. And um, now back to your regularly scheduled programming. Carnell Holly here yet again on another episode of Writer's Roulette. And uh, unfortunately, my partner in crime is not here. He is back in, in Cali, but I am joined by special guests, Cherie Antoinette. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Cherie Antoinette. Uh, we, if, if you didn't know, um, by the time of this recording, we worked together on her project, her, her short film called The Porcelain Chef. I worked on it with Halo Union as a member, and I did the, the stunt work. Tell, tell us about yourself. Tell us about the project. Tell us how, how we met, how it all went down. So, um... Met Halo Union about mm, almost a year and a half ago now, and I always knew I wanted to work with you guys because you guys are just have the same energy. You know, there's a light there. So um, I said, man, what would be the right project? And I just had this crazy idea to make a short thriller slash horror about cooking. I was like, there's no, there's no food horror. You know, food is supposed to make you happy, but what if it didn't? So um, came up with the idea. Shout out to um, Nathan or Ben, you know, sometimes over the phone, I can't tell them apart, but it was one of them. <laughs> and um, don't tell them I said that, but um, <laughs> they know now, <laughs> they know now. There's no going back. but um, they were so into it and I didn't really have a lot of confidence in the script. Mm. So I wanted to bounce it off of them, you know, before we settled on this was the film that we were shooting. And they thought it was so cool. And they really were like my hype man. Like they were my flavor flavor. And they were just kind of like, yes, let's do it. They don't, saw don't, it. Don't yes. <laughs> so they were there in my corner rooting for me. And so then they really assembled the crew. Um, but they were there start to finish. And, um, you know, thank God you came in for stunts because, you know, definitely you know some air room for something dangerous to happen mm. so uh, especially not having a, a prop knife I know that was ah. uh, bad uh, you know party city let me down on that one still haven't got a refund yet but you know that's another podcast <laughs> so um, yeah that was that was tricky it was a tricky blocking and tricky situation there with the the stunts that we did have so it, it, it all worked out I mean it is it, it's just for the vision, like like I had I had um, a little little information going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I didn't read the script. Mm-hmm. Just mainly coming in on like okay, we need you for this this little uh, altercation, mm-hmm. which involved a knife. So I'm just like, <laughs> all right. So we and and then it it, it gave us room to, to play with because it, it was not a straight up like fight scene. It was right. just like like okay, it's from a, a different point of view. We can we can be a bit more imaginative and and, and you know play with the camera. Like okay okay, we got this, we got this. But as far as close ups, like all right, boom, yeah, that's a that's a real knife. Um, you don't want to get cut by this. Yes, but you know it's kind of funny that it works that we are showing a real knife and you know it looks so beautiful. Mm. The biggest thing was 
two, not just the the, the knife work, because we got around that, okay, angles, we could handle that. But definitely the fall was mm. a huge uh, point of contention from the actor's standpoint who was, you know, no, PT, definitely in his feelings <laughs> about this fall. But we made it work because we didn't have a, um, uh, a mat. But we learned some technique that day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everything was really shot kind of like slow-mo. So it kind of ended up working out because we could slow it down. The fall didn't have to be like really... You know, there's great, great editing. Then, mm. great editing. <laughs> I, I mean, just, just me personally, because yeah. I was, I was trying to think about, like, okay, uh, I know how to have this fall and it, it be believable. We can, we can uh, um, play with the shot. Mm -hmm. um, but your vision as far as, and like, man, I really want him to fall and then have his feet end up like a, like a heart. <laughs> I'm like. Um, I don't, I don't know if we can, we can really do that without it being a little dramatic. Yes, that, you know, I am not a realist. I am definitely a dreamer. And so mm. when I'm a, I'm a visionary, so when I see something in my mind, it's very hard for it to get out of my mind, but you guys were able to convince me otherwise. And I'm glad, you know, sometimes I, I, I um, close my eyes and just leave with faith and it's just great collaborative work. And man, I just got so lucky with the crew I ended up with. I, mm. I don't think the film, I know the film, it just, it wouldn't have turned out the same. Now, now for, us, for us, the, the, what we're talking about, for us, the porcelain chef and everything, like, she not only wrote it, she produced it, and she acted in it. Now, for us, the, the show, because we, we're dealing with, with, the, with the script, now, how did, how did this, this script come about? Like, how did you come up with the concept and, and wanted to write this? Yes. Well, I'm definitely inspired by life. So I usually draw inspiration from everyday things. I think that, you know, writing is all about inspiration. So um, I was living with my aunt and her fiance is a chef. So just watching him cook all the time, I was like, why doesn't he ever eat, you know, sometimes he does, sorry, Jose, sometimes he does eat with us, <laughs> but for the most part, he likes to watch everyone eat his food first, and so I was like, my imagination, I was like, is he poisoning us? I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, the food tastes great, is it, is it, you know, is it uh, one of those ones you can't taste or smell, like uh, in Breaking Bad or something, but I know I shouldn't go there, but oh, my man. brain is so, but then I, you know, just kind of started man. thinking about a lot of different things and that's where I got my inspiration. <laughs> Interesting. Um wow, yeah. Sorry Jose. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> oh man, this is like I, I... <sighs> oh, you got me thinking about the spaghetti thing. Um that's funny. I I'd cook per se. When I do it's it's a it's a situation where like like I I know because my wife always mentioned you know, this is like yeah you gotta you gotta taste your food and 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 the funny thing is like yeah like what she cooks at home mm -hmm. when it's like meat related she doesn't she doesn't taste right and for me I kind of eye things mm -hmm. and which you can't do with 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 uh. Uh, pastries and stuff. Right. Um, I'm like, that's that's my mom and, and her mom. They yeah, do that. Yeah. But um, like I eye it and and I I'm like I'm feeling it mm -hmm. as I'm doing it. So mm -hmm. it 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 turns out good. Mm -hmm. And even though it's on these rare occasions, it's yeah. just like like uh, I did I did what I needed to do. <laughs> Here you go. I know you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. Let me go about my business. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's definitely like the the salt bay thing. You just like sprinkle it mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel like cooking has so many parallels to life, you know, and so like you said, it's trial and error. A lot of life is like that. So, you know, sometimes you're just eyeballing it in life. And that's kind of like the the symbolism that the cooking has in this film. And it's a lot of symbolism, you know. Cooking for a lot of people is a happy time. And then I wanted to play on, like, what if it wasn't? What if, what if there's some deeper, darker, you know? And so I show different perspectives of different people cooking in the film. And um, I try to just... Try to elevate. I love cooking movies. I love chopped. I love watching people cook. I love the happiness that cooking brings. But I was like, Ch chopped. And it's a show. Oh, it's on the Food Network. Oh, okay. They, I, they put. I'm they give them all these. With, no, with they give them all these weird ingredients, and they ask them to make something out of it. And and I like that. You know that comp that competitiveness mm -hmm. of cooking. So, but um, I like watching cooking shows and watching how they cook, but I was like, hmm. So, it was very hard execution-wise. I mean, to actually be able to, um, and a lot of it was angles and camera, but we had real chefs on this project. So, to actually have that was an asset because I didn't want it to look fake. Right. It was, is Megan a, a chef? Um, Megan was a set decorator. She did a wonderful job staging the food, but um, the chefs that were there were Lori and Ian, and, you know, thank God for, like, F Facebook, you know. They just saw the porcelain chef, the not the advertisement, but just the, the page, and um, they were like, hey, this looks like something I want to be involved with. Are y'all looking for real chefs? And I was like, hmm, we weren't. But now we are. I, I just assumed Kenneth would become a, a superb chef and know how to do this in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> Have all the, the right knife technique and everything and be able to saute vegetables midair. But <laughs> not that he couldn't, but <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> oh, man. You got me. It, 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 uh, a couple of movies come to mind as you're mm -hmm. talking. Like I'm thinking of, of uh, that Queen Latifah film where she thought that she was dying and she would... She would uh, cook mm -hmm. and take pictures of it and not eat it. What? Yeah, like LL Cool J's in it. I remember no. that. Um, what's that actor? Sounds like me. I'm I'm always dying of something weekly. <laughs> um. Oh. Um. And then I don't I don't know if it was like a French film. Do you remember like mm -hmm. like this this uh, chef? I think it was a female chef. Mm -hmm. And like whatever emotion that she was she was experiencing at the time that mm -hmm. she made something when other people would eat it they would feel that way that's amazing um i like, love that like she was crying or something and tears went into one thing and then when they ate it like everybody started bawling wow, at the table that's almost like a picture for dorian gray that was another like it's an old book huh? but it's definitely like, like whatever the whatever his so well, the portrait of dorian gray <laughs> But it's like, no, no, not Fifty Shades. Oh, <laughs> but wait. it's like, the, there's a portrait of a guy, it's in a book, but he's like, whatever happens to him, how ugly he acts on the inside, his portrait changes. So, like, if he did bad deeds, the portrait would get uglier and uglier. So that kind of reminds me of, like, that, with but with food. <laughs> yeah, so eventually, you know, the portrait is, like, no. hideous because he's the horrible nar narcissist. Yeah, I, isn't, isn't uh, Fifty Shades like that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, Dor a, <laughs> Dor Dor wait, 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 Dorian, is, is that the same character from uh, um, uh, the, the Extraordinary Gentleman, the one that would never age, but the oh, picture age? Oh, yeah, that? that's kind of like the same thing. It's okay, kind of like I, 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 I mm -hmm. like that name sounds familiar. It's like, I saw it like gray, like I didn't see Fifty Shades, but <laughs> I keep hearing that it's such a, it such was, a good film and the book is... It was going on behind me at the drive-in when I went to see Logan, but, you know, I tried to keep my eyesight <laughs> blocked. 
<laughs> oh, oh, so you didn't hear it. Okay, I didn't but... hear it, no. I didn't have my channel turned to that, thank God. There were kids in the car. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Wife mentioned about the beads thing. Um, mm, okay, that's... Uh, so that's a lot like... of good, a lot of good food movies. Oh, right, right, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that yeah. is a good bit of, of food. Um, this this film, I'm like, man, like like um, in the previous episode, uh, Dwayne and I, we were talking about our our uh, uh, trials and tribulations of of mm. writing our very first script. Like, mm. which which number for Porcelain Chef is is this one? This draft, I think we were on like draft number five, and I mean, it's only like. 15 pages mm. but like the rewrites were intense like constantly like I play off my husband he's like the dialogue doesn't seem right it doesn't seem natural and it was like it could have went very soap opera-ish but and it could have been way too dark and I wanted those light moments and I was able to find some some moments for humor although it is a psychological thriller and you have to look for that you have to have lots of colors you know in your script writing and it was it was very flat at first so a lot of it was just like spicing it up and getting some more flavors in there and kind of like you know just making it to where the audience doesn't just have like one like one note the whole entire um, film you had to the sides and everything, and it had the dessert and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you got to get the sides, and you know, mm. let it bake a little bit longer. Right, so right. It was okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so uh, what, what I meant was, um, for the the number of scripts that you've you've written, this oh, one is not okay. the no, this your is not very, my first one. Okay. So this is. So this is wow. This is like a, I so I I always wrote, but I was doing poetry and I was doing a lot of. Um, a lot of like short stories and things that kind of you know they actually the first play I ever wrote was in ninth grade mm. and uh, my um, my teacher told me that the dialogue was very unnatural and I, it was like a competition to see who would be in the one act plays and I, w I went home and cried you know I just said I would never write another play again and then um, uh, when I started acting like on for film. I said, well, I just want to write my own characters because I was getting these roles and uh, some of them were really, really great, but some of them were like really, really bad. And I was just like, I couldn't memorize my lines. And, you know, uh, one of the things that <laughs> was said is that, you know, if you can't memorize your lines, then it's probably like it's a little unnatural. Uh. So I was like, okay, because your mind wants to change the script. And so that's why you're, you're subconsciously trying to force <laughs> the lines out of your mind. But then, so I started... Last year, there was a script competition for ABC, and I wrote my first feature film. I didn't even like start with a short film. I wrote a, a, I wrote a, like a 85-page um, feature film called Hashtag Woke, and ah. it's, it's a political comedy about six friends who um, are about to turn 30, and they're kind of all turning 30 around the same time, so they have like this little kickback, and they kind of they're kind of like disillusioned with life, and they decide that the only way to fix their life is to go back to Africa they're like no there's no other solution like America's just way too messed up and they <laughs> they decide they're gonna buy a compound well mm -hmm. not all of them one of them gets surprised there that they have <laughs> invested in land <laughs> but they move to Africa and um, hilarity just ensues after that because they they realize that it's a lot harder to be woke than 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 you think <laughs> man um... so that was my first one Okay, that, it just got me going, like, like thinking, 
Mo- the wait, misconception of like, oh, when you turn thirty, it's like oh, so much is gonna change. No, right, it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and and then like, um, but you, you said they, so they buy they buy land, so mm-hmm. they're gonna like make a a, a community. They in, were gonna make a little community, you know, with their not own. like the village, not like a village, but there's well, no, there's no, a neighboring uh, village. M night M Shyamalan's village. <laughs> oh no, like <laughs> well, it kind of it could have gone that way, but um, yeah, so they like. You know what it is is it's in their mind though that's like the worst thing in the world that could happen to them so that's mm-hmm. the ins- the inciting um you know event that you know pushes the motion of the film so it's like and it's like this feeling that you know you're single you're not where you want to be you, you your job a lot of well one guy loses his job and it's just all these things that kind of like push them into going and kind of like something that they've always been thinking of and talking about and then the current events in america and all the police brutality and just you know feeling like why why are we here why not just go back to our home country but then they want us to anyway yeah (laughs) you want you you want us to anyway and they actually you know they they take a boat Mm. to get to africa because there's one guy he's a hotep so it's kind of like on the level of hotep okay okay. it's kind of like on the level of hotep to like you know bacon eater so it's like (laughs) there's a there's a there's a spectrum of between the friends so the hotep he's a new hotep like he's just for you guys that don't know what a hotep (laughs) is it's just someone who's like like super over the top black and you know just really pro very pro yes so there's like a, standing on the square type yes so he promises them that they're taking a cruise to africa but what it really is is they're taking like a cargo ship and so they end up like in the in the in the and there's like a scene where they're like it almost like they're slaves on the bottom of the ship and there's like a flash of lightning and they're all just like lined up in rows so it's it's a lot of like it's just craziness and he doesn't tell them that that's what, how they're getting to africa so it's just a whole lot of miscommunication because miscommunication <laughs> is funny so but that was my first script and it took me about a month and a half to write, and it still needs a rewrite. Mm. I mean, I've had a couple of professional readers, if you know anything about the blacklist, I've had a couple of professional readers read it there. <clears throat> and I had took a script writing class um, online, and um, I had him read a couple of, so a couple of scenes were right on. But just overall, just trying to like really like put the glue together. Um, a couple of readers were like, you know, just kind of it's a great blockbuster idea if it had like you know you could all star cast you could think of like you know right now you know Kevin Hart and mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Tiffany Haddish are like super popular. So you know if you, he's like if you cast it really well, this could be a blockbuster like fill the theaters. But it needs a rewrite. Okay, you're you're making me think of um, uh, what is that? Uh, he. It's a Ben Stiller moving, mm-hmm. and and Eddie Murphy is in it. Oh wow! You're, um, they're they're trying to steal oh, money. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, uh, it starts with a B. Does it start with a B? Um, dang, I cannot think of it. But yes, yes, um, I would love. Yeah. Make me look that up. Yeah. Um, but but I remember. I think it was. I think Eddie Murphy mentioned that the original mm-hmm. I- concept for that film was that he was going to have like this all-star cast of of, uh, of mm-hmm. black comedians. Oh wow! Versus versus the the um, the version that was in theaters, mm-hmm. and I'm like thinking like how how much of a difference that would have made mm-hmm. um, with the original idea versus the the end result, mm-hmm. which was I like I like I like the movie. Yeah. Um, 
I like Ben. Ben, it was definitely a different take on the on the whole comedy and mm-hmm. and <laughs> Eddie Murphy playing a, a hood character is so crazy when he does that. I definitely. It's funny that you mentioned Eddie Murphy because I was definitely inspired by coming to America. Oh. Yeah, I definitely was inspired to coming to America. I was like, okay, we're coming to America, you know, but what? It, how would it be if it was reversed? You know. So and one of the readers says it reads like a reverse coming to America, which I was happy about. You know, that's definitely I'm a proud moment for me because you know. Um, I like that, that it feels like that. Oh, wow. That, I, uh, I, and that's such a classic. Yeah. And so it's funny you bring up Eddie Murphy because, I mean, he's one of the greatest comedians ever. So, you know, definitely, yeah. Well, I wanna, and I want to hope that the ending has a really, like, one of my favorite comedians of, like, my era, like, the 90s, uh, early 2000s. So I would hope that he he does the movie. You know, it's Dave Chappelle. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening, I like Dave, it. I would love for you to come because, you know, you went to Africa and <laughs> the, it ends with him in the movie. So it's like one of those cameos that I would just love to have. Yeah, he has this 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 big uncle yeah. vibe. I like. I would. Yeah, I would love to work yeah, with Dave. So I, oh god, I love Dave. So he you know, funny. you know, if you turn down that much money, you gotta be like a really just really authentic type of person mm-hmm. that's just true mm-hmm. to yourself. So I would love. Yeah, he it, it would. The movie wouldn't be complete if Dave didn't show up at the end. And, oh, and <laughs> and nobody can can put on a dress. No, nobody's wearing a dress. Okay, okay, he will definitely turn that down. <laughs> Um, okay, okay, so so as far as your your writing, what would you say is your writing style? Like you you seem um, do you, do you have a, a specific genre that you you take to more so than others, or because um, like like talking to Dwayne, Dwayne and I, we mm-hmm. we seem our, our writing styles seem to differ as far as the stories. Like I write stories that are very character driven okay. he writes stories more more story driven okay um well i would say i'm a little bit of both mm. um i feel like hashtag woke is definitely it's more well i, I will lean i'll say i'll lean more towards you i'm more of a character driven person i do like the story you know the story is a huge part of it mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, especially what the porcelain chef is all about, the star, it's all about Kenneth, it's all about Joe. So um, I would say I'm more character driven. And as far as genre, I love them all. The only thing I'm probably not that good at is action because I would feel like, you know, but then I, I never want to write myself out of a box. You know, I want to put myself in a box. So, but right lately I've been writing psychological thrillers, sci-fi, and comedies. So that's kind of where I've been. I thought I was like a very drama girl because I like drama. But <laughs> then I was like, you know. Not in my actual life, but yeah. just seeing it, others yes. complain that. I- yes. <laughs> But I think that you kind of have to have, like I said, those colors and you really have to have a little bit of everything in it. Like mm-hmm. I would never say this, like it's in a genre, but there's got to be comedy in it. There's got, and there was a little action in Porcelain Show. It's got to be a little right, bit of right. everything to really just kind of sell because people are very, um, you know, people, the audience, they, that's how life is. They want to see it reflected in your work. So, but I'm definitely leaning right now. I've been leaning towards a lot of comedy and a lot of like a sci-fi psychological thrillers okay okay i, I got a you mentioned about the, the your uh your comedy series i was just like i got it i wanted i want and okay you mentioning dave Chappelle and eddie murphy like okay i'm, I'm getting an idea <laughs> for sure for yeah. is your comedy style yes. yeah my style is 
I am like they're very political. You know, they've mm. always been political comedians, and they're black men, and you know, they just kind of that kind of just comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. So you know, I definitely love all Chappelle's sketch. I love Eddie Murphy's his live his stand up, and I love almost all of Eddie Murphy's <laughs> movies. Um, so. It's just they're they're definitely up there. Dave Chappelle is definitely my my favorite comedian of all time, though. I watched the Chappelle Show probably more times than I could even count. Like I would I would love another Chappelle Show. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean that's kind of where my comedy lies. But I, my comedy is very surreal though too. I like um, what Donald Glover has done with Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, you know he's it's just great because I think real life you know that subtle humor. So I like that too. I have a lot of slapstick humor and hashtag woke. But I love the subtleties of humor, just like real life situations that are funny. Like the water cup episode, when he goes in and he asks for a kid's meal, mm -hmm. and she's like, you know, like, where's your kid? You know, that's very real. And then, you know, he's like, well, just give me a water cup, and he fills it up with Sprite. Like, to me, that's funny because, you know, it happens <laughs> all the time. Or the jail one where he gets locked up in jail. My favorite one, of uh, course, is the barbershop episode, where he's just like, the not him, but cut. yeah, Paperboy's getting his hair cut, and it takes all day. And no, it normally takes all day, but then when you think about like, wow, what if it did take all day because you went to go pick up plywood from an empty vacant house where you were still in? <laughs> so, you know, I like that. It's imaginative, it's fresh, and I wish it would have won the Emmy because it was hilarious. So, but that's kind of like where my humor is. I have a web series called The Parkers versus the Universe. The <laughs> the Parkers versus the Universe. Not not uh like the TV show Parkers. Not like okay. Well, no, that was good. It was good first time. Sorry, no shade, <laughs> Monique, if you're listening. <laughs> oh man. No, 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 it's it's called the Parkers. It's, it's actually um because the child's name is Peter Parker. Hey, oh, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, I love Monique, you know, but it's definitely not the Parkers. It is the the Parkers is their last name, it's the family's last name, mm -hmm. but their son's name they named their son Peter Parker because they're Spider Man fans. Mm -hmm. So I like where this is going. Yeah, so it's kind of like a play on like what if like everyday life was like like you versus something, you know, like what if every day you're up against something and they're millennial parents and it's their first time at parenthood and their friends don't have parents and they're inexperienced and you know they they're having to go up against all these um you know different scenarios and instances that they get placed in and just hilarity just instances it's definitely it's a coming of age story you know it, you're gonna i already have like five seasons written in my head and um we're hoping you know so my my baby's gonna play peter parker and you know hoping that he grows into the role and i think it's something that isis will want to watch because we don't have a lot of wholesome tv anymore mm. it's not super wholesome you know they're still like you know we still have blackish yeah well we, we do we have blackish but they broke the family up so yeah well this is spoiler spoiler uh, <laughs> i didn't i'm not all the way up to date <laughs> Um, but I, 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 yeah, I, I kind of saw where things were going. Um, yeah, which it's, you know, it happens. I don't know all this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We do have blackish. Um, but so my my point of view is very much from you know eighties, late eighties, early nineties. So what I hope to bring is a fresh view. Like you know, no, you know, I love. The leads in um, Blackish, but they're just not like around people our age. Mm -hmm. So I want to show like 
you know, they're established. So I want to show that, like, you know, that struggling, you know, new parent, not so much the, you know, established like doctor. Second, second kid. Yeah. And do like, yeah. we already, we got this down. Yeah, now. you know, and she's a doctor and he's successful in his career um, working as and um, all that. So I just kind of want to show, um, you know, what it's like to really be 30 now and mm. to really be, obviously from hashtag woke, that's another 30 reference. But um, I, I just really wanted to show, like, this is how it is in parenthood. You're kind of wedged in this generation, like where your parents aren't really trying to be grandparents anymore either. They're kind of like, we gotta have Jody, mama gotta have a life too, type you, of thing. You say Jody? <laughs> mama gotta have a life too, Jody. So. <laughs> Little baby boy reference. Right. So. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, but that's our generation. And you know, like you look at the housewives and everybody is just, you know, we talk about this today, like no one is growing up anymore. And that's a good thing. Mm. But it's also like a struggle when you're also, you're still meeting these milestones that normal humans meet, which is love and relationships and children but then you're still trying to be young and so that's kind of like what the leads in that and when i wrote that script i sent it over to my friend blake i sent it over to my friend keenan and i let my husband read it and they were laughing out loud like it is very hilarious and <laughs> and um for them to like be like kudos nod you know like i trust their opinions and um it's just really it just starts off in the heat of the action and it's um very subtle humor but it's very current and relative to the times and i feel like you have to like you have to make an impression and and for it to be remembered you know and mm. to be something memorable and classic kind of like the cosby's you know but right right i was so thinking about a little that more a like, little more modern and not so sitcom-ish it's definitely taking a nod i definitely will say it takes a nod from atlanta as far as directorially like i'm obviously producing this one so mm. not selling it which i you know want to dapple into but definitely producing this one and so i want a lot of the scenes like there's an opening scene with like the bathtub running and then there's just a little rubber ducky that kind of is like bobbing on the the water and then you see like pellets you know the little color pellets that change the color that change the tub uh color water but you'll see you know oh, the kids love the little pellets you throw okay them in this, is change, new, yeah, this is new to me okay see. and another Perfect. new <laughs> I'm like what is this you'll see they're little pellets you throw them in the water but it um the color of the water changing it's even though it's a comedy the color of the water changing is symbolizing a change to come later on in the episode mm. so it's very a lot of symbolism it's a lot of like beauty i love I love film and shows that show like beautiful moments and so like you know just m putting those moments under a microscope and like really enlarging them so even though it's a comedy I want it to look beautiful so there's lots of moments like that but it's visually just stimulating yeah it's visually stimulating so okay but writing that was tough too I mean it took me I mean it took me like um two or three weeks to write a 25 minute pilot and um you know, I did a bunch of drafts, a lot of drafts, and it, it wasn't really hard because comedy for me just kind of flows a lot more easily. Like The Porcelain Chef was a psychological thriller, so mm -hmm. that one, you got to kind of go back to make sure it makes sense. <laughs> so you're constantly trying to like tweak stuff and, you know, trying to make it where it's suspenseful and it doesn't give away the plot, but that it still makes sense. So definitely that, that was my first time ever writing psychological thriller. But comedy just comes so easily, but the psychological thriller, like, I, I realized it's like one of my favorite genres and I didn't even know it. So that was a little little more challenging to write, for sure. What I'm thinking about uh, as far as like, it, was there any research that would be involved? Because I'm, uh, I'm like my, my partner, he, <laughs> I, he and I differ as far as yeah. like, I do crazy research going yeah. into, like he'll, Dwayne will 
have these concepts and he'll just he'll just run with it mm-hmm. and he'll he'll have me read it from time to time and and I'm just like like in order to make this legit <laughs> These course of action, yeah. uh, course of events would have had to have fallen into place in order for this to be real. Versus like, all right, uh, um, I, I'm trying not to say too much about one of his uh, his other scripts. But what I what I know as far as uh, comedy, mm-hmm. like you you do a, a specific joke or something mm-hmm. that's supposed to be funny. Like, is it still funny after reading it such and such uh, times? Um, and and you go back and it's like oh it's still funny so I like it, you know let's yeah. let's test it with mm-hmm. with these others um, as far as the the psychological thriller mm-hmm. which my, my first script uh, dabbles in that mm-hmm. did you have to do any research for for the porcelain chef to, uh, to oddly enough I feel like I, I agree with both you and Dwayne um, there's a t- there's a place for it and a time for it. Definitely. If it slows down your writing and the ideas can't flow, mm-hmm. then that's one thing because then you're kind of impeding your writing. But I definitely always do research no matter what. Like, I wanted to do research on Porcelain Chef because he's an executive chef, so I had to research, like, the different... Is there a sous chef, line chef? Like, oh, wow. what's the... Um, I heard of a sous. Uh, mm-hmm. Executive what, What's that? Executive is, like, they are the lead chef. They do all of it. Sometimes they're the owner as well, but an executive chef, like, that's who you report to. Like, that's who's coming up with who's doing the menu and what we're having and just they're the the lead chef like that's as high as you can go like if you're an executive chef in a expensive restaurant then you are like top-notch tier you've worked your way up there mm. and sometimes you know people just come in that way but most of the time you've had to you know work your way up to executive chef okay okay yeah, of course not. if you're a one man you know it's your own restaurant you're gonna make yourself executive chef <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you know, you start off as on the line, you know, just um, getting the food prepped and, you know, there's they have different roles and sous chef. And so I wanted to research that and a little bit. Um, and there's a lot of um, social themes in the porcelain chef, like a lot of social psychological problems. Mm-hmm. But me being from a nurse background, I had, you know, years of... Of, of knowing that so I try to like stay within my knowledge base but I still have to do a little research because one of the topics is not really a male dominant you know psychological issue it's usually found in women so I had to research how many men deal with this and mm-hmm. how it would present would it present the same way as in a woman or mm-hmm. so that was I mean definitely because a lot of times I write male perspective I'm a woman so a lot of times I have to do a lot of research. <laughs> I, I I'm kind of doing that in the mm-hmm. reverse with with these female characters. Um, I I do know about your your uh, your medical background and uh, like as you're saying it, I'm thinking like okay, the executive chef is the is the surgeon, yeah. and he and he has the other nurses that assist him in yeah. in creating this well, this dish if they were a chef setting, Absolutely. not the doctor, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, you know, it's very similar to that. And people always ask me, especially at work. Everyone at work knows that I write and mm. that I'm a producer. Shout out to Grady Hospital. And Grady <laughs> baby. Oh, I'm not a Grady, Grady baby. Grady. But are you? Are you a Grady? I'm baby? not a Grady okay. baby. But if you're a Grady baby, you're the, you know, you're legit. You're pretty mm. much the truth. But the I'm nurse. Forever. This is at yeah. You got ATL on your forehead. You've had it somewhere. A town down. If you're a Grady baby, but the nurses at Grady are like, you know, they're they're so colorful and full of life and everyone has hobbies and everyone you know nursing is way different than what people think it is but um long story short they're always like why don't you write medical stuff 
You should do medical stuff. Like, where's your medical? Yeah, go for what you know. <laughs> I do go for what I know, but I know a whole lot more than just right, right, right. stuff. But it does always seem to spill over. And um, but I definitely, I thought about a medical one, but I'm just when you do it all the time, it gets boring. Like yeah, I, you know, yeah. I don't. I watch Grey's Anatomy. And, you know, you can't go wrong with Shonda Rhimes. But you know, you seen the Good Doctor? I, I saw the first episode. <laughs> I saw the first episode. It it's good. I, I, but there's so much stuff mm -hmm. that I've fallen behind on. I'm like, I want to watch this show. I'm still, I'm behind right on, mm -hmm. on Dancing with the Stars. I'm like, I love Cheryl. Like, don't spoil it for me. I, Not you, but you know, House was one of my favorite um, ones. Uh, I loved House because it dapples. It's very character driven. Mm -hmm. House, you know, Grays is too. Um, be obviously, but House just focuses really on like that, you know, that doctor and being mm. addicted to pain. So I loved House and I love Grey's, and of course you got to go all the way back. Um, what ER? To ER, yeah. David the Company before he became a star. George Clooney. Oh yeah, you know. I said David the Company. Wow, no, I met George. No, 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 I, I, no, 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 I was okay. It, oh, David the uh, X Files. Wow, yeah. no. I, I meant. I, did you know that I, I was? And I just said. No, you, it's okay. No, I knew. I knew what you were thinking. Okay. I was there with you. I was there with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like. Why did I George say that? Clooney, you know, and he had to actually eventually uh, turn down his role. I found out later on, and he was making so much money an episode, yeah, like crazy money, and he had to turn it down because the show was so successful. Medical dramas are very successful, but as a, a medical person, like watching it kind of makes you cringe sometimes. You're like, that is not right. That is mm. not how it's supposed to look. And when I wrote Porcelain Chef, I did not want chefs to cringe. I was like, I do not want them to be like, look at how they are chopping those bell peppers. So I was like, I need real chefs, and luckily. I found two and they were they did all our action shots and you know they do get on help like doctors and stuff mm -hmm. but for whatever reason Hollywood just loves to like really just play into it and it looks good but just for like regular people it's just kind of like cringy see, I know the truth yeah <laughs> that is not the truth that's right. far from it right you'll see them like like the patient's in a coma with like a mask on and you're like really you like that's not how this works that's not how any of this works <laughs> they, they sleeping but not that kind of sleep. right they need to be a lot more uh, have a lot more oxygen to be delivered <laughs> than that little mask so, but you know, and then it, it, medical dramas can always easily go soap opera-ish, you know, like he was in a coma, now he doesn't remember his life, or his twin brother did, so, which that, everybody has a place for that, there's some people that love those type of shows, so no disregard to like General Hospital, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I kind of, I stick to what I know, but then I also do a little research, because I feel like, um, you should. There's uh, audience members now are like really bent on um, realism and authenticity, and they our audiences are so smart nowadays. Yeah, yeah. they're intelligent. Google everything. <laughs> Google is there. That's your friend, and they're watching it, and they're like, you know, they they know. And God forbid you actually get somebody watching who who knows more about it than you. You know, like so you have to do your due diligence at least. If you don't write it that way, at least by the time production is up, have that checks and balances to mm -hmm. say, 
you know, and we had that on set on The Porcelain Chef. It was like, oh, well, you know, I think the chef would better be doing this. Like, this doesn't seem like an action the chef would be doing. I think Kenneth said about prepping. He was like, prep would have already been done, so we should be moving on to this. And, you know, you listen to people because maybe it didn't come across in your research while you were writing it, but there's always last-minute changes that can benefit um, to really get that point across. And you mentioned Kenneth. Kenneth, Kenneth the, the star of the film. Yeah, Kenneth Trevillo. Mm -hmm. and, and he is an actual chef? He's not a chef, but he did his research. And okay. he worked, I believe he works in a restaurant as well mm. um he has some restaurant background and um he just you know he was like you know he brought his opinion across and it's something that you know and you know normally on bigger projects the writers aren't really as involved in production that's true so you know that might have not been sold because of that reason but because you know i'm producing it I have that time to, you know, go back and say, okay, well, let me listen to my actor and let me, you know, see how true that is. And then you do onset research. So sometimes things are day of type of little ticky tack things. But for the most part, if it's something glaring that could interfere with production, like if we're shooting a film called Hashtag Woke in Africa and it doesn't, we didn't do our research on the language or whatever, unless we're creating a whole new universe, we have to really be true and respectful to the culture and make sure we do our due diligence and research. Because <laughs> you don't want to get there and it interfere god forbid with like locations and yeah. scouting and all that other stuff that goes into production so for for is if you were in africa or, or just in general just in general okay. like especially if you were in another country god forbid you don't do your research <laughs> but you know you, you're that, in south africa right, but please. you supposed to be in ghana yes and you just you if you're trying to pitch and sell your script do your research for sure because you don't want people to turn down your script because mm -hmm. it's not producible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Money comes into a big play about what gets picked up. Yeah, show show business. You, mm -hmm. I mean, you wanna you wanna do the show, but you gotta be about your business too, ladies Absolutely. and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Definitely have to be about your business. So, do your research, do your due diligence, and if if it's and at least if you haven't done it and it comes up into question, at least have a, a rationale behind mm -hmm. why you made choices because a lot of script writing and a lot of acting is all about choices and decisions and really making them clear and concise about why this is what's the motivation behind it or why I choose this um, for for his for his uh, I mean, that as well as any anything else what would you say for his um, um, going back and forth to, with the script writing mm -hmm. what else would would be like some 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 jewels that you need to drop on them from your experience in uh, in writing I think um, the biggest thing is you know let the ideas come out let them flow naturally um, but once you decide on a topic you know um, just make sure it's something that you're passionate about mm -hmm. make sure it's something that is true to yourself because it's your writing so you want to put as much of yourself into it and you really want to have a thumbprint in your writing um, but then also like I said make sure it's producible if you're trying to sell it now if you're if you're producing it it can be as true to you as you as your budget allows mm. <laughs> but if you're you're trying to sell it you got to always keep your audience in mind and um make sure the biggest thing that i get is make sure you get an, a good editor or at least have a friend that can edit because you don't want people to stop reading your script because of uh, yeah. grammatical mistakes and when you're writing it and your things are flowing you're not always like going over and once you've read it so many times you sometimes miss those little grammar um, errors so as long as it's not something like glaring I think people will overlook it but you'll be surprised that like the people so when you're pitching you know you have uh, readers that are reading it to even see if it gets to um, you know 
uh, production company or gets in front of the big wigs. Mm. So you don't want them to be turned off by, you know, your atrocious grammar. <laughs> so it's different. Like if you're producing it yourself, who cares? You know, make it make it legible so the actors and actresses can read it. But um, also some actors and actresses turn down scripts because they're not well written. Like there's grammar errors. So just make sure it's formatted right. Um, I have a script writing um, Bible um, by David. I have to look up his name. Matter of fact, I'll do that. But he has a Bible out on um, formatting and um, script writing. And I use that as a reference because okay. you want to make sure, like, script writing is so different than, like, I told you I like to write short stories. It's, it is. It's so different. and Very tedious. Yes. Um, so you want to make sure that you have um, the resources that you need um, so that it's not, like, the formatting is wrong and people can't follow it and people can't read it. Um, like, oh, because uh, it, as far as doing the, uh, what I learned about doing uh, mm -hmm. novels and, and, and screenplays, is just like, like, you're not supposed to be that descriptive when it comes to the screenplay. Right. Uh, you know, you, you have these short sentences, this is where this is taking place, boom, mm -hmm. like, concentrate on the dialogue. Right. I agree. And um, so I found it's called the Screenwriter's Bible. It's by David Trottier. He's um, was my screenwriting teacher um, for screenplays and they have all different types of classes you can take. But um, he basically says that you never want to put direction in your script and which people sometimes do. But you don't want to say, you know, he looks, you know, the camera. Don't ever talk about the camera. You're your um, the way you write is the camera. So he does a great example of this. Um, he talks about how someone's driving a car. So instead of saying like close up on the young child, describe the young child's face. Not too descriptive like you said because you mm -hmm. don't want it to be. But you got to imagine people are still reading it. So they need to be able to see this. Now if you are, he says, if you are established screenwriter and you're established director, by all means put close up on and you know, but that takes away from the story and it impedes the story and the flow of it. So um, he just recommends that for, you know, starting out screenwriters, starting out screenplays, to get it in front of a reader, cut out on all the direction, like mm -hmm. close up, fade, you know, fade in and fade out is still appropriate for the beginning and the end. Actually, it's like the golden standard. You wanna fade in, fade out. Um, and sometimes you don't even have to fade in, but you definitely want to cut to black or fade out at the end of your script. That's true. Like unless you're unless you're planning on directing it, right? Um, like I, I learned that from from uh, reading um, uh, Spike Lee's script. That's oh, what awesome. like in the previous mm -hmm. episode we were talking. Like that's how I. Um, came up with my style of writing mm -hmm. and so and which also was the fact that like I wasn't trying to sell them right uh, so it's just like all right this is gonna be mine this is what I see mm -hmm. as uh, if I was for directing it and, right. and, along with writing it um, but it's it's one of those situations where like there, there's always there, there's a standard right. but then like, like uh, I think Quentin Tarantino, mm -hmm. like Absolutely. his scripts and his style, mm -hmm. like wow. he does. Like, he okay. definitely direct. I mean, he's a director, mm -hmm. so you know that's why I say unless like you're a director or you plan on producing it and not like, but for people to read, 
it just doesn't flow as well if you're trying to sell. Mm. So, but when you're Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> you can like put sure. as many, you can put as many, you can put the angle of the camera, you can put low, high, you can have your whole shot list in the script. Yeah. But you know, for a normal everyday reader, they want to know, is, the, is it a good script? What's it about? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you guide the camera with, you know, if you say there's a car um, and there, you know, if you talk about a car driving on a road and there's a, a bird that flies nearby, clearly that's kind of going to be like an aerial shot. Shot, you know, or you see a car on a windy road. If you're describing this car on a windy road and mm. you can't quite, you know, you're talking about the passengers, you know, you're going to have drone action. So mm. that, and especially if you're trying to sell it and a director sees that you're directing it in your script, that might turn a lot of directors off like, mm, no, that's not how I saw it. But paint the picture for them, direct them subtly because that's what we do, you know, and use your words and paint a beautiful picture. So. All right, all right. I'm feel, definitely feeling that. Hopefully, that's 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 helpful to me, like helpful to everybody else. Um, man, um, I wish Dwayne was here, but he's gonna he's gonna hear this later, obviously. And he may differ in an opinion. Of course, everyone is you know oh, what yeah. opinions are like. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but you know, you drop. You know, that would be my gym because you know, just when I read a lot and <laughs> a lot of scripts acting so i'll try to think what you would uh, um. <laughs> <Apes are> like, <laughs> you know okay like. everyone has one so <laughs> they're like that so you you kind of but when you read a lot i read a lot of scripts and a lot of times the dialogue is not formatted right and then it starts running into like uh scene headings so find you a really good formatting i use um celtics um it have a they offer a free version but I pay for the monthly version just because mm. I, it's for production and you can do episodic and you can do script break, sound shot list. So I prefer Celtics, but there's other really great um, formatting programs. But definitely use a formatting program because it gets tricky when you try to like do all those indentations and you know your margins and everything has to be right. So definitely don't try to set, well, save your time formatting. <laughs> I That's funny. Um, I remember asking Dwayne how to format because I didn't have a, a script writing mm -hmm. uh, software the time and he told me how to do it that, oh wow that's ringing up memories uh but uh, but also uh what was it what was it um celtics i was using celtics mm -hmm. and I, I i came from using uh final draft and okay. i was on seven mm -hmm. seven was awesome mm -hmm. went to eight eight couldn't tell heads or tails but ended up finding out about celtics i was using celtics but it didn't my uh my laptop broke mm -hmm. And I got a Chromebook, and Celtics isn't on Chrome, and so I had to use this other mm -hmm. script writing software, which is fine. It's, it's working for me right now. Well, now Celtics is on the cloud, so if you have an account, you should be able to log in anywhere now. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, and I can get it on my phone, but it, it definitely has a cloud now. So I think they probably, they kind of fixed that little bug. But I've, I've had to change computers, too, just part of being, you know part of being on your own business so um but i've enjoyed it but i'm always open to new i mean there's no you know right or wrong mm -hmm. formatting program i just think that it's very tedious to do it on that, your that, own that, yeah. i don't even remember the margins because i'm just so i, I think it was auto. 15 oh, um <laughs> courier new oh, uh, yeah like, wow, it, it's good I and mean, i definitely have a reference to refer to mm -hmm. that screenwriting bible but god i don't want to know that i'm a millennial i just wanted to like format it itself i definitely don't <laughs> want to sit there and work do that. with what you have yes i mean 
So like, especially, I, oh, I'm not gonna say, so how did you acquire this final dream? Like, that, that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's talk about this script. Let's talk yeah. about this script. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, that was, that was definitely insightful. Um, man, I, I, we're just, upon recording this, we, we haven't, I haven't watched The Porcelain oh, Chef no, yet. I, yeah, I, I know, like, I know that. you've seen it. Um. <laughs> Uh, so, so definitely can't wait to, to, to see it at the premiere and everything. But um, um, any any closing uh, to the to the to the people? I would just say, um, you know, chase your passions and chase your dreams. And just the best advice you can ever have is just write. Just write. Get your ideas out there. I keep um, my notepad open. You know, I'm definitely a millennial. I don't care around pen and paper, but I'm constantly like typing in my phone ideas. And I mean, talk to people. You know, when you talk to people, that's where you draw your inspiration. You know, human communication and human connectivity is so important. And that's what being a scriptwriter is all about. It's about bringing together the human experience. So Mm -hmm. keep writing. um, And if you ever feel discouraged, you know, you just write some more. So it's a beautiful thing. And uh, the world needs more writers. So don't give up. All right. Well, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And we will see you. Well, no, we won't see you. You you will hear from us. (laughs) Next edition. (laughs) All right. Now.